0: Missouri Loves Company. I'm one of your hosts, Brock Wilbur. I'm
1: Vivian Kane. Uh,
0: this is our show about Kansas City and cool people doing cool things here, but also politics, but also our feelings.
1: Being married in a city and doing things.
0: Being married in a city. Yeah. That is actually our, our new tagline. <laughs> <laughs> Being married in the city. I like that I'm a lot. I'm a
1: creative person. <laughs> uh,
0: this is our first episode of 2019. We kind of took a break post-election because mm-hmm. there was a lot to do uh, and a lot to recover from. So, uh, so here we are. Um, in, in our life, we started almost immediately after the election throwing uh, house parties where we're doing stuff where we invite people to come over, have some drinks on us, and fill out some postcards, getting in touch with uh, both the politicians you like and the politicians you don't like to mm-hmm. let them know how they're doing and what you'd like to see them do. Uh, so that's, uh, that's been a fun thing to start doing this year. Uh, part of this podcast is talking about all the activism we would like to do and mm-hmm. sometimes the activism that we are, are not capable of doing. Because yeah. we get uh, lazy or tired or sad. Uh, so this has been a nice prompt.
1: <laughs> yeah, we so we did one uh, pretty soon after the election. And we yeah, we filled out postcards and we just like had a space for people to talk. Uh, and and then we we took a break for the holidays. And as we're getting back into them, like we like we're going to keep doing letter writing, postcard writing and stuff. But also we're looking for more like actionable, like tangible, tangible activities. So I don't know if people have any ideas, let us know Uh because we're, we're going to hopefully be doing one of those a month until the next election and the election after that, when hopefully everything gets better forever.
0: Uh, we uh, had a good holiday, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, we just got back. Uh, we flew to Denver and then drove up to Estes Park to see the band uh, Murder by Death at the hotel from The Shining. Uh, I decided
1: to read The Shining while we were there in I the thought, bathtub thought that, i did i did read the shiny my in the wife bathtub. is very smart
0: and knows what will i have up
1: great later. ideas <laughs>
0: uh we also got to see uh, a night of short horror films or uh, short films our our friends mm-hmm. from uh wolf love films uh, did a very lovecraftian film in a room uh where uh people doing q and a's wanted to let them know what they would have done uh and, and and did a little bit of catcalling to uh, to our friend who's a female filmmaker. Yeah, that wasn't
1: great. The only film female filmmaker on the roster, of course.
0: We got to see the uh, the the pitch footage for a Christian rom com. Uh, we got to see
1: got to see a lot of we things. We got to see
0: some stuff. I don't. We, we needn't yeah, get into this because no. I don't want to veer into negativity, but we could veer into negativity. But the <laughs>
1: other cool thing we did while we were in Denver, uh, so our friend uh, our friend Stephanie Carey, who was one of our first guests on this podcast, she had a tweet a while ago with just a recommendation that like, if you're ever in a new town and you don't know what to do, check out the city's alt-weekly or alt-monthly and like go to their to-do page because they have the coolest suggestions. And she was right because we found this night... Uh, of, uh, it was a, f- a female wrestling night with female-led like punk bands and and rock bands also playing, and it was just the most fun thing we could have possibly done. There on should that be trip. more
0: queer as hell punk rock yeah. <laughs> in between rounds of, of
1: of also like very queer stylized wrestling. Yeah. I got my. It was my first ever wrestling match, and there was this one goth wrestler who was fantastic, and we started a chant of "Eat her souls, eat her soul" that really caught on among the crowd.
0: If you go to my Twitter, you can see video footage <laughs> of Viv's face as she realizes she started her first wrestling chant, <laughs> and it's it's that look in the <laughs> eye of like when when the infection takes over, and you're like, "Oh, this is in my blood look, now." I like
1: I, I res- wrestle. I, I do wrestling <laughs> now. Yeah.
0: Uh, Anyway, so we are back. Uh, This is the show coming back, and uh, we have an excellent guest. With us today is. I am Adam Roberts. It's Adam Roberts. He's here.
2: (laughs) Thank God. It's 2019. (laughs) It's New Year. Same me, though. (laughs) Everything's fixed now. Yeah, Yeah, we're all good.
0: (laughs) Boy. I (laughs) really. I, I, I started to fantasize about what that would be like, and then I, I drifted away for a second. Uh, Adam's with us here today uh, because he is one of the uh, co-runners, co-creators of the Panic Fest Film Festival, which uh, is a thing that made Kansas City very exciting to us, like right off the bat, right after our move here. Uh, my sister and her husband love going to it and have gone for years. Uh, it is a horror festival in KC, which has a lot of like really goddamn cool like n- uh, national and international premieres. Uh, some cool podcasts are recorded here, some live events, uh, some some uh, revival-like film screenings. What What is Panic Fest, and what does it mean to you?
2: Um, so this is our seventh year, uh, and I, so I, I own and operate a theater called Screenland Theaters, and uh, I took that over seven years ago, and uh, Tim was a friend of mine, and we, we had just initially talked like, okay, there's, there's a couple film fests in the area, but they're not like the film fest we wanted to really go to. They're just kind of, I don't know. I guess uh, like we always say like older people, film festivals (laughs) that are like a lot of docs and a lot of like, just kind of really art house films. And that, those are fine. But like, we're we're like, where is all the Kansas
0: film festivals are like, here's a story about my grandmother. Yeah. And we put it to B roll and like, (laughs) yes,
2: exactly. We're we're like, those are, those are fine, but we don't really have an interest in in them. And you know, maybe they'll screen a film we like, but, uh, so we, we just started talking like, why not make our own film fest? And and I have no idea how to do this, but we could probably figure it out. Um, (laughs) so Tim and I just kind of like quickly threw it together. I think that was like the first conversations were, so we, we took over the, the, the theaters September, 2012. And I think that first conversation was like January. And then the fest that year was in April. So it was like, we kind of just threw it all together. And the first year was, you know, like, I, I don't know what's going to happen. if People are going to do it like it or not like it. We found out it was really hard to make a festival that year. <laughs> um, and we quickly like learned and changed a lot and moved the date, to January, um, which is where it stayed the weekend before the Super Bowl, where nothing else is happening. Literally, like there's no events, there's no, no sports, nothing on TV, and nothing to really do. And uh, especially here in Kansas City now, yeah, because uh, we just lost. We just lost. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which,
0: uh, which uh, the, the game happened last night, where we lost and didn't go to the Super Bowl, and it was uh, pretty much tied up. And in the final minutes of it, we were on a plane landing in Dallas. And so the internet cut out just as we were landing and everyone was just like screaming. And then we landed and turned our phones. I was like, oh, we lost. Like uh, (laughs) people made sounds as if we would have been happier if we'd crashed. Uh, And that wasn't into Kansas City. That was into Dallas because (laughs) no one likes New England. Fuck New England. Uh, So yeah, uh, Screenland, what what Mm -hmm. made you uh, decide to like revitalize a really really old theater
2: in 2013 and to bring like this whole new energy to it
1: and did you do both of them at the same time
2: um so we took over the the so the armor was rehabbed in 2008 and opened uh by the guy who started Screenland, and uh and then it just never kind of like found its place or it's uh, where it was supposed to be and he didn't really was pretty hands-off didn't really know how to find that niche um and then 2012 we started talking and and know we worked out a deal and and then we became those guys and (laughs) neither of us had ran a movie theater so we're like oh okay I guess we have to learn how to like (laughs) we had 35 millimeter projection still and I was like okay I guess we have to learn to thread film and that's that's a whole like a whole wild thing that doesn't make any sense and it's like a a, its own science Uh, but we just kind of fell into it we're like it'd be fun to open uh, you know I own a bar and that's like a bar in a movie theater and I'd always done film and it was like this is kind of a cool like thing I didn't suspect or expect to ever do and then we just kind of just took off running, just like doing, showing the things that we wanted to show and do, um, which no one else around town was doing and still really isn't doing besides us. Um, so it was just finding those like weird, like indie, quirky indie films that we like, and then you know doing different types of events with the big films, and then creating the film fests um, as kind of anchor things throughout the year. Uh, yeah, so that, I mean that, that's just kind of what it was, and then Tim and I met and. We threw together Panic Fest, and then uh, that kind of quickly grew, and it's insane that it's gone on for seven years now. Uh, but the last two years have been huge and, and continue to grow, and uh, this year is, is no exception. Um, we're, we're pretty excited for the. I mean, I think this is our best, like, total lineup um we've ever had i think there's nothing but quality films and there's it's the most diverse collection of films we always like advertise that we're like horror sci-fi and thrillers but usually we're mostly like horror films and we have like one or two this year there's a lot of of different titles bleeding over in terms of what genres they are and, and a lot more on the fringe side of horror which was exciting for us like it's it's really good there are a lot of really good films uh that i think people will talk about later on this year so how do you
0: convince somebody to premiere their their international film at the uh, at a Kansas City based film festival?
2: <laughs> uh, well, it, it helps when you have a lot of filmmakers uh, saying very positive things about the festival in the prior years. And then uh, this uh, this October, we had a, a big thing from Movie Maker Magazine. We're named one of the thirty best genre fests in the world. Oh, so cool. like, being in that lineup with like some of the biggest like Fantasia and you know, South by and all those uh, certainly helps uh, put put a little spotlight on us. But it's it's mostly just word of mouth. I mean, that's kind of how we've run it. Like from the beginning, we were like taking risks on people and like giving you know shots to filmmakers that maybe normally didn't get them. And then you know that for, that first year we really did like have a lot more revival films just because we didn't know how to like find films, and I was still like learning how to run a theater. Uh, but we did we did still a pretty good job I think uh, that first year. And then the the second year was like tremendously different just because we knew how to to operate a festival a lot better. And then now it's like. You know, people come to us and submit all their films and ask us and, and, you know, you know they pay us money to review their films and, and essentially like pick <laughs> them or not. So it's, it's come a long ways. And, and we still, you know, cherry pick films. We really want to. And we still have a couple revivals. Um, we have usually like two. And then, and then the podcasts have just kind of started out kind of like an accident. Like we had the last podcast and left here. And then it was like, well, that did really well. Let's <laughs> do something else. And then we had uh, Adam Green and, and Joe Lynch here last year. And then we've done a couple small ones here and there this year. We have four, but they're all, they're a little smaller, like more on the ground level of mm. of growing, and and I think they're all going to grow uh, I, next year. Like I don't think we would have probably any of them because they're su- such a mm. such up and comers. But uh, but yeah, th- I mean that's just kind of and, and th- no rural festivals do that. We just kind of want to. Everyone kind of does their own things. FS, right. and we, we, you know a lot of people do Q and As. We do like two or three Q and As because there's just so much other crap to do. It's like go network with the filmmakers. Like so many filmmakers do come now uh, that. You can just sit out and have a beer and just ask them about their films, or ask them, talk to them about whatever the hell you just watched together that isn't their film, you know. Um, and that's kind of what we've been trying to grow and and, uh, and care for is just making a, an, a good environment for filmmakers to bring their films and to to, uh, to hang out and have a good environment. And uh, yeah, like PenFest is is kind of my favorite time of the year and it's kind of wild that it's in a few days because <laughs> it's like oh shit <laughs> one of my favorite sense memories from last year was
0: walking into uh ne- next to the theater there is a space for uh sort of collectibles and 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 people signing autographs and things like that and as we walked into that space last year it was the smell of a sci-fi con. Like, <laughs> we just walked in It was like, everything smells like a combination of incense and new in box and, like, plastic masks. We, like, we went it's... in
1: there, like, Sunday night, too, like, before we left for... The entire weekend it was like this has just been collecting over the entire weekend. It's like ah oh, yeah that's a con that's a, that's a that's a group. Of, you have the
0: smell a of a of real fans.
2: festival yeah, and a yeah. group of
1: fans. <laughs>
2: so that was an old flower shop that mm-hmm. I closed last year and we took over. Now it's part of our theater, so we, that's where our two new screens are. But it, yeah, like then it literally just they just moved out all like the flowers mm-hmm. and it's like it did kind of smell like. Uh, like oh, a, it was
0: old. It was dead flower shop. <laughs> then now it makes sense. Yeah, yeah.
2: Which is exactly that smell you're talking about—that like, old, like, weird convention smell of like the 1991 that no one knows. Why it's just it the smell like of that.
0: something else that used to be here but is now missing. <laughs> yeah. And, and your festival—the festival has gotten attention, but also like you guys have certainly built something really goddamn cool in your theater spaces because you have a similar sort of like. Energy and fandom as like a as an Alamo Draft House does the sort of events you do bring people out and and this year uh, we got to go to thank god I got tickets in time but you are by orders of magnitude the smallest venue that got Goblin to do the live Suspiria soundtrack yeah. I was ready to fly to like Denver to like Red Rocks to see that and you're like oh yeah like we're just going to have them here I was like how in our living how room. did you secure <laughs> yeah playing like an acoustic show yeah. in mm-hmm. your bed like it's How did that
2: come together? Because that was just an Uh, incredible
0: night that I don't think we'll ever forget. (laughs)
2: Uh, So, Suspira is one of my all time favorite films. uh, And I I, had seen them play before. Like, they did, uh, I think, Profunda Rosa a couple years ago. Uh, And they were in Lawrence. And uh, it was cool. It was like a different lineup. Um, But I remember they had the movie playing behind them or clips from the movie playing. But I don't think it was the whole movie. It was just like clips. And I remember, like, it was on, like, the shittiest screen with like the crappiest projector you could ever imagine. And then they announced this tour and I was like, Oh, they're actually playing it with the actual film. And so I just reached out to their like tour manager and I was like, how do I get them here? We are a movie theater and I love this movie and I want to show it in the best possible way and have them play it live. And they're like, Oh, I think we can make it work. And then it was just like fine, working out those fine details, and and me basically being like, I'll just make no money on this show because it's gonna cost, because so, you know their value, you know they have a tour minimum per show, and it was like, well, we're the tiniest show, so we'll basically just be paying you guys and not making anything, which is fine, because to me it's like uh, a bucket list event to have, and it's like, right, the, you know, the memory of that will will far exceed any money would have made. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just getting like reaching out, and it was kind of simple. Like sometimes, sometimes stuff is extremely simple, and sometimes it's like why is this so goddamn hard to get a movie or something for no reason? Uh, but the goblin thing was really easy. And then they, sh- they showed up and they were all pretty, pretty relaxed. Uh, I mean, uh, for, I mean, everything's like different, every venue. So there's, they're like stressed out in every different show. And, uh, and I remember that there, there was a lot of Italian being spoken. And I, and I, I felt like I felt like everyone was constantly angry about, with each other. And then it was like, no, we had a great show. It's fun. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Everyone seemed really pissed for a minute for no reason. Uh, but yeah, it was great. I mean, it turned out wonderful. I, 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 heard not, I think it was the most compliments I've ever received for any single event.
1: It was uh, a great night. It was also the first time I'd ever seen the original Suspiria. So, oh, nice. like, what a cool way to see it.
2: I
0: think we'd seen the the remake like a week earlier, two weeks earlier. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, uh, time to go back and, and do it loudly. Yeah. Here <laughs> in yes. Now, did you also, uh, help set up the, uh, the descent screening at mm-hmm. the distillery? Yeah. That was, that uh, was
2: another bucket thing I've been working on for like three years. Is just finding the right time to make that work.
0: Out, out, people from outside of Kansas City, we have a number of cave systems here that were built, uh, by the military and stuff like that in, in salt mines. Is it? Yeah. And, uh, uh, there were, they. There's a distillery down there, and they set up a screening of the descent, which was excellent because there is a projector in the middle of the room, and you've got people that are getting pretty drunk who just can't figure out that they shouldn't walk in front of the projector when they need to go somewhere. <laughs> and also, at various points, the projector kept cutting out for, for like 30 seconds at a time, and people were yeah. starting so to we lose found it.
2: Out that, so we were using a wireless HDMI. We found out that it was some kind of interference from like – there's like weird, like uh, some weird radio guy next to him, and it was like some kind of, it was whatever that frequency was on, oh my was causing it to do great. that.
1: Great. <laughs> Just in like, case there's anyone listening who hasn't seen The Descent, it's about a group of women who go exploring and get trapped in a cave. And so watching it in a cave is why that was such a great experience. Yeah, <laughs>
0: our friend Abby, who's a film critic out here, uh, <laughs> can't handle stress in films. And so she physically, like, covers her eyes and makes sounds and curls up into a ball and i was—I didn't process that like i was gonna sit next to her through the entirety of the yeah. set in a cave and i've never seen somebody that was like kept having to touch and be like do you need me to take you to the hospital <laughs> like and she's like no i'm having a great time and i was she's like all right you're so best. good at movies <laughs> <laughs>
1: like,
0: i wish i could viscerally
2: react on that level and she'd seen it before too which was my favorite part
1: yeah.
2: It was fun. I was sitting. I was just sitting behind everybody, so uh, I can kind of gauge who had not seen the movie. But there was like three or four moments in that movie where they're they're like they're very earned jump scares. Mm-hmm. I, I would say, and watching the entire crowd basically literally jump out of their <laughs> seats was just absolutely the best thing I've ever imagined in that, in that facility.
0: I've seen it so many times, and I cannot memorize the jump scares, Same. so it it always gets me. Like, I, which is maybe a testament to a great horror film. Like, uh, yeah. The, the one that never gets me anymore because I saw it as a kid and it'll never scare me again is at the start of Event Horizon when he's shaving and then it cuts to outer space and there's a loud sound uh, <laughs> as he's shaving his neck and uh, Sam Neil's fine. Like, I, I know that now, uh, or at least he is for the next 30 minutes. Uh, what What is your favorite film that you guys have premiered here at the fest and what are you looking forward to the most this year?
2: Like, ever? That like, we did ever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... I mean, it was pretty awesome. We did the we were the first place, uh, North America to show the final cut of what we do in the shadows. Um, oh wow! So that was <laughs> three or four, four years ago. Oh I'm my thinking. god, <laughs> that was like the first big get. Uh, it played like in in like work in progress versions. Um, One of my
0: favorite things in the world is like uh, bartenders around this neighborhood who are like Thor three is my favorite, and I get to be like, I have a movie that you need to go watch <laughs> on Amazon Prime, and having them come back later be like. It was Korg. Korg yeah. is in that movie. What? Yeah. I was like, he's also the director. They're like, what? <laughs> the rock guy?
2: <laughs> yeah. That was uh, an experience to behold because I don't know if any, I don't even know if there's a trailer out for it at that time. And I think people were just going because it was like, oh, it's the Fly the Concords guys. <laughs> and, uh,. And then I I, I was just like, I have to watch the audience watch this movie. And so I was just like around the corner and it was like a couple hundred people. And it was just watching them watch what we did in the shadows and not knowing what they were going to, what they were in for me, knowing exactly what's ready to happen.
1: That's like history being made.
2: Unbelievable. Was that
0: a weird thing to watch the screener like alone and be like, I'm going (laughs) to
1: unleash this on people. Change (laughs) people's lives. It
2: it is, you know, like watching... uh, like horror films and comedies are all movies are, are the type of films that I only want to watch with people in an audience. Uh, so it is kind of weird to watch it at home alone. You're just like, cause sometimes you need that audience to make the movie better and make it work. Um, I mean, that movie you don't, you can watch alone <laughs> yeah. and it, it's, it's so fun. Uh, but, but there's certain types of films that when you know we're watching these screeners, like, does this fit? Is this going to be great? Maybe it'll be great <laughs> with an audience. I'm not really sure. Um, that's like kind of the hardest part is like, because it's just really Tim and I that do the whole fest, which is, probably unlike any of the other fests on the 29 fests that were listed on that, <laughs> uh, top 30 festivals because we're just so damn small. I don't know. Um, but that, yeah, that's, that's like always the hardest thing is like picking out what films fit and trying to have like the lineup make sense. Um, cause we do try to find some kind of balance and we don't want to go, even if there are really good films, we don't want to go super heavy on like a bunch of gory films. We try to, we try to find some balance there. Um, but this, this year, I don't know, man, like, uh, usually there's been like one or two films that for whatever reason we, we end up having either like a company gives us three films and and we love two of them. And then there's one we have to take to get those Mm -hmm. other two. Uh, Usually there's a couple of those. I'm like, ah, it's not the best. It's not the worst. It's just a fine movie. You're at noon now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, And this year there's really not like the films that I didn't personally love. Uh, are still good films, I think. They're, and they're films that I think somebody else will really love and could be their favorite of the fest. Um, so that, that was, uh, and that's something I guess we've grown to figure out. Like, not everything we have to love, but as long as we know it's a good, it's, we believe it's a good movie that somebody will find and, and, and maybe that'll be their favorite film of the fest. Um, this year, I like a lot of the French French titles that like uh, uh, Starfish is excellent. Uh, Lose is great. Um, and there's, a, we have a lot of like, kind of, comedy, like sci-fi comedy, like uh, level 16 is insane. I, uh, that's
1: the one I'm the most excited it's about. It's great. Oh, the, uh, that's the Handmaid's, Handmaid's Handmaid. Tale yeah. starring somebody named
2: Vivian? Yeah. yeah <laughs> the it's the character's gonna be... name. Yeah.
1: But, that, but I, I, I would probably be excited for it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Your character's name is Vivian.
2: <laughs> it's great. Uh, then we have One Cut of the Dead and uh, yeah. Mega Time Squad. Those are both like just fun as hell. Like, And then the uh, Never Hike Alone, which is was a Friday the 13th like, fan film. Mm-hmm. And it's just fucking awesome. Like it's just. Like, I saw I'll that on that the lineup. I was like, I can't yeah.
0: wait to see what this is. <laughs>
2: it's uh, it's weird because it's like uh, it's only like exactly like an hour long, but it's amazing at a, at an hour. Um,
0: I think all Friday the Thirteenth films could be an hour long. Yeah, like I think so. Be.
2: Yeah, I mean, most of them are, are no more than ninety minutes, and and that's another thing we're doing this year. You know, we we always look at like who's what films are having an anniversary this year, and are they worth showing? and uh and and like so we look at 10 20 25 and 30 and 40 and uh the big years and uh and really there was like we we looked at those like anything made in a a nine of a year was pretty shitty like (laughs) almost exclusively across the board like uh or or it was a title that you're like i don't think anybody cares that that's on an anniversary that they don't care to watch in the theater but generally speaking they were all shitty um and then and then we landed on the three we landed on um uh, we, we try to find one that's like more popular always like Beetlejuice is on its 30th so that's our big like anybody can come watch it you know like a family member you know could come watch that movie um, and then uh, we just announced zombie uh, in 4k uh, which will be the third time it's played and that's on its 40th and then uh, the first one that I, I saw is like uh, it's the 30th anniversary of Jason takes Manhattan and <laughs> I don't like this movie I think it is my least favorite of all the Friday films. Um, but two years ago I did a live read of sorts of uh, Raisin Arizona's in Arizona for one of our other festivals and uh, it turned out really to be a lot of fun and I've gone to those before and other people have done them and I've always been like well I'm gonna do it my own way so I kind of like broke the rules and rewrote a lot of the script and changed it and we're doing a live version of that uh, which is make it to make it a more fun read yeah well we're like I don't want to show that movie (laughs) (laughs) like it's it's not that it's like awful but but it's like it's pretty fucking awful. Um, it just doesn't make any... Uh, have you guys both seen Jason Takes Manhattan? No. I absolutely have. Okay. But I think we well, might watch that later Jason today. doesn't really take Manhattan. He's in <laughs> Manhattan for maybe five minutes of the movie. And there's a lot on boats and in sewers and back alleys and like... You know, Manhattan. Yeah. Like, the first hour of the film is on, like, docks and boats for whatever the fuck reason. Uh it's I mean you there's know, some Where things Jason that are... would not want to be. <laughs> yeah. It's an easy movie to make really funny, I think, because it's like uh, and if it leaned a little bit more into the comedy, I think it would have been great. Uh, but that's just like uh, that, that that I'm really excited to do cuz it's just me and like a couple of like friends like reading this and performing like a live version of this. Uh, and and so much of that movie is is visual or an audio. Like there's a fucking theme song in the beginning of the movie Before Jason Takes Manhattan and it starts off like <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 well one and two it's like a a montage of New York and with this theme song for New York and it's just like you know getting you hyped hyped up like damn this is gonna be awesome look at all these people in New York they're all gonna get murdered by Jason and then uh no not really that's never gonna happen (laughs) like whoever edited this movie and put set that up as the beginning is kind of a genius because it never really becomes the movie that you're promised in the first five minutes it becomes this weird movie on a boat (laughs) and uh so th- that's just one of the weird things we're doing, you know, fun things I guess we're doing that's not conventional at a festival. But uh, I mean, Starfish and Lose are the uh, two titles that I I just loved myself that I think I'll revisit and are just like, Boo, I can't wait to see what those filmmakers do next. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there, there's no movie I can complain about honestly. Like it's it's hard because I might change my mind next week when I re- revisit some of these on the on the big screen. A hey, uh, A
0: horror director that I look up to in Los Angeles a few years ago was doing a script that was very uh, The Expendables, but with all horror characters. And one day he told me that he'd written uh, Jason to be played by me. And that (laughs) sent me into a weird loop of like, I guess I'd be on screen, but like I've seen what Jason's face looks like in a lot of iterations and like couldn't give me somebody that had some quips or something like I'm just tall, I guess. And then I'm going (laughs) to shave my head and and do a weird eye. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe I don't need to do that you were one.
1: you're born to play.
0: Yeah, uh, just like young Frankenstein. Uh,
2: <laughs> Put you behind a mask and a bunch of makeup, and don't speak. Just be tall. love it. <laughs> just be tall. Just want to be.
0: Just want to be in a makeup chair for four hours every day. That's yeah. all I
1: need to have. Do you want to? Well, uh, yeah. Just this. When we went to this last year, it was what two, three months after we moved here. Yeah. And it was such a cool experience. Like we already really felt like we, we really just dropped into this city and felt at home and loved it but this was one of the first experiences that made us just think like oh there's really cool shit in this town <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna do very well here and enjoy ourselves so it's so exciting to be coming up on that
0: what was your favorite again. one that you saw last year
1: um oh God what? The one with the kids. Tigers. Yeah, tigers. Oh yeah. What, what Fuck. Tigers are. What tigers was are not afraid. Yeah, tigers are not afraid. I think was my was hands down my favorite. Somehow that
2: movie has still not been purchased How? and released. I have no idea. How? It is an unbelievable movie. It is.
0: It is set in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is about a bunch of children there that are being chased after by uh, drug dealers and baby.
1: Who mm, like a lot of their parents have fled or, or been, been murdered. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's
0: it's very much rooted in in real uh epidemic crime shit in that city uh but it has some very interesting twists and some supernatural elements uh it, it, everyone who's seen it is like it's a guillermo del toro film that he didn't make yeah uh, which is i every single review i've ever yeah. read of yeah. it, uh, including adrian's intro but it is yeah it is a shame that that's not there i uh one that you can watch right now i know I like this a lot more than viv did <laughs> but the cured i just thought uh with Ellen ass. Page, yeah, it uh, is. It is a movie about what if uh, the twenty-eight days later thing happened, uh, but then a cure was found and so all the zombies were turned back into people. But they had to remember all the fucking awful shit that they'd done. So it's about it's it's about classism and like uh, a, a lot of uh, like racist stuff. A lot and, of like, human rights. It, 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 the, the people that hate people that used to be zombies has this very MAGA element to it, and it spirals very quickly. I was like, what uh, a timely film right now.
1: I absolutely <laughs> loved the first half or two-thirds of that movie, and then I didn't. But what I loved, I loved.
2: I would agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> like, the last act is a little messy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it
0: also has moments that... uh like a a jump scare at you that I just burst out laughing. I was like, that's so silly. That's the silliest thing. Yeah, and I don't
1: think it was supposed to be silly. A
0: laughable moment, But
1: what you said about, like, uh, Tigers are not afraid, alone, Mm. Tigers are not afraid, like, that's, so last year we just went, and this year we're both going as press, and I'm curious to see how that works, like, with what my site will let me run, because I would have loved to have written a review of that last year, but how do you write a review for a movie that... Still isn't out <laughs> a year later. Yeah, I don't really know how that's gonna work. I mean, writing about work. the
0: themes instead of the plot, I suppose. Yeah.
1: Do you have do you do you have people that that talk to you about that as as reviewers?
2: Um, not really. There's no. Um, there's no. Every movie I think in this year's fest is, I think, been purchased. Oh, cool. And will be out. I think. That might be true except for two um, that are one of them's where the world premiere uh, that's called Delirium, and that'll be on Saturday. Um, so they just finished the film like a few weeks ago. Um, and then the other one will never hike alone. Uh, obviously is a fan film, so they can't like actually release it, but I think there's going to be like some kind of big online premiere type thing. Yeah. Um, and then um, there's one more I can't, I'm blanking on right now, but, Maybe it hasn't been announced, but there everything should be out in the next twelve months. Cool. Um, so there shouldn't be any problems, and nothing has any holds on it. I know as far as uh, every once in a while we'll get told, like when we when we get a film that please don't let any reviews come out, or if they want a review, please like have them contact us and set up like for the date they can put it out and stuff like that. But
0: had um, to put it on the reviewers to find out the embargo. That's yeah. not a choice. <laughs>
2: Well, I think usually they, just, yeah, they just want to like coordinate with whoever's there, and and this year like everybody's been pretty cool. I think like because the movies are all really good, there's no like, please don't let this right. get out. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: As this is a political podcast, it would be weird to not ask about the politics of running a festival. How do you approach um, finding the right balance of like diversity in what you're looking at? Uh, what do you? What is your guys's process for looking at what the festival looks like as a whole?
2: Um. I mean I mean we I think I look at it a little bit differently Cause so Tim does m- all the like marketing and uh, you know he designs the, all the all the visuals for the festival and, and it kind of handles the press side of everything and then I do uh, I handle most of the filmmakers and, and the scheduling and you know kind of the, the ins and outs of the, r- running the fest. Um, but when it comes to like curating, I guess for me like when I look at like, from from uh, someone who wants a, a big diverse like selection of films, um, it, well first any fest is at the mercy of that year's films so like whether a, a bunch of you know women make films that year then we'll have a bunch of you know female co- female directed films and if they don't you know it's it's you know it's hard to kind of like work on that that level of diversity but we always try to be as inclusive as possible um, and this year like we had a maybe a little bit less overall in the submissions. I just think people weren't making movies last year for whatever reason. And the year before we had so many submissions and and it was like a little bit easier from like um, a macro like level to just look at everything and be like, okay, we already have like, we have a lot of this covered and we we don't really like cognitively think like we need to get more like women directed films or, or, you know, people of color in the, in this or or whatever. We just kind of look at like what kind of films we have and what's the best for the festival. Um, And hopefully like, you know, it doesn't, matter who made the movie and then and then we look and it's like oh great we actually had a i think last year we had the most uh, female female directed films of ever i think in our fest uh, tigers are not afraid being mm-hmm. one of one of the ones that won best feature and you had so many that were from different countries which i think yeah. I went
0: into a Kansas City horror festival not expecting that there would be such international diversity as well
2: and i was like oh this is great <laughs> yeah. yeah especially in the shorts block last year i mean we had i think half of them were from not north america over half of them i think last year were and that was that was pretty incredible um this year we have a couple uh we have less uh, it's just kind of this year's kind of a weird year like we uh, friends of ours run a few other festivals around the country and they said the same thing it just kind of seems like a down year like it, we we joke like every other year they people must uh, all the good filmmakers must want to really make like a ton of shit, and then they take a year off, uh, and then and then that and makes as good. you
0: said apparently years that end in nine are just shitty years for film yeah. in general. Well,
2: like this year, like we have a bunch of uh, a lot of first time filmmakers, which is great. Um, so that's why I'm so excited to see where they go next because there are a lot lower budget films this year, uh, but they all don't feel that, feel like that at all. Um, but but yeah, I mean from like uh, I don't know like. I don't really think about the politics of it very often. We just kind of do stuff, and and hope it's uh like uh, where what and where we want the festival feel and look and be. Um, well, and, you're aware of it, yeah. <laughs> and I think you know, like I've always been part of the, like the horror crowd, and I think that's a I would say almost by and large is a very like inclusive crowd. But there's sure like there's a, a definitely a segment of people that you know we don't try to play with uh, and show like films that are uh, either uh, um, like you know like not necessarily torture porn in that aspect but uh, that are just like kind of derogatory films right, right. And, and just for like that sake um, you know certainly we've shown films that have aspects or um, you know may kind of walk that line but but usually there's a reason we're showing that um, like I can't find think of a good example mm-hmm. right now but um, we we do tend to pass on a lot of films that we think have questionable politics, right? <laughs> um, or that might put our fest in question on, uh, on us as like judges and, and guys that are you know curating the festival. We don't want to feel like we're encouraging that. Um, but by and large, like those films aren't really being made anymore, like right? on, on on a good level, right? <laughs> right. They're still definitely being made, but they're films that I don't think they they look to submit to festivals. They're just trying to find a, a route to sell and get. You know the the lowest common denominator to buy their film on you know Amazon or right. or, or something like that, because there are a lot of those films that, and usually like if if we see some you know we'll get a couple of submissions that are like that are like oh shit I don't think. Who made this movie? It's just mean spirited, usually, is what, uh, is what we're looking at, or like they don't know what they actually made, maybe, <laughs> but it's very questionable and very you know offensive, um, and it's usually easy for us to pick that th- those out, and and usually they're not very well made movies, so it's kind of easy to just be like, no, <laughs> we will not show this type of film, but but so we just kind of weed those out naturally. I, I don't right. think there's a, any like big discussions, um, you know, we've we've had like our our big discussions in the, in the selection process is usually. <coughs> Is it good? Is it better than this other film? And uh, does one of us really believe in it? Mm-hmm. Um, and those are like the three things. And and I think both of us have similar uh, political ideas and, and where we want to have the fest go. So so it's usually pretty easy. Like we don't like have to like, bicker or talk about it. It's just, like yes, no, no. And then like this year, I don't. I think we agreed on everything. Like it was the easiest <laughs> year. It's just like these all look good. Yep, I have no problems with any of that. And then it was like, uh, here's one that like neither of us really loved, but we think somebody else will really love. And it and it didn't really, it wasn't really offensive to, to us anyway. Um, nice. And and yeah, I mean that's just kind of how how it works. I mean I don't know how other fests are, and I I do know that there's other fests that do program a lot of the films that we would never in a million years. <laughs> and I think that's for shock value. I'm I'm guessing because they want someone to write about their festival, but we would rather just have a really good fest and have the filmmakers talk about it and grow that way than than play like offensive and, and you know I, I don't want someone to walk out of a movie you know we, we've 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 shown things that people have walked out of certainly but there are movies that i i expected that to happen like we did the anniversary of cannibal holocaust a couple years ago <laughs> i expected that to happen you know like it's it's and that's a movie that's you know
0: also people know going in what that is that's not like cannibal a weird holocaust. surprise yeah, yeah. <laughs> and
2: it's got like you know it's got like a storied history and it's like people want to kind of experience it and, you know, like there's things that they did then that you can never do now. And right. I'm sure those same people wouldn't do now. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's, it's, and that we did the Poughkeepsie tapes, which isn't made. I don't know if you've seen that film. Yes. Uh, but it's a very tough film to watch because it's, a, it takes a very realistic, kind of like Henry Portrait of a serial killer. It's just so visceral. Um, and, and, but it's, it's a, a movie that like people should see because it was banned for so long and it didn't, it took forever to get out. And, and it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's definitely a thing, but like, you know, if there's no, and it has some, a little bit of mean spiritedness to it, but it's, it's, (laughs) it's also like such a movie at the, towards the end that it's like, it it feels safe again. Uh, it gets to a point to where you're like, Oh, okay. I don't, this isn't obviously real. No one was hurt. I mean, MGM made the fucking movie. Like it's not, you know, and those guys made a bunch of movies since, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I mean the process and what we show is just kind of, we, you know we're always at the mercy of what's out there and then and then it's just like us as individuals being who we are like playing what we want to play and and, and trying not to offend anybody um you know certainly Jason Takes Manhattan you know <laughs> has things you know is a 1980 slasher movie it's got uh, like some derogatory stuff in there and and some of the kills are maybe a little mean spirited and and how they're done
0: well a slasher movie without a mean spirited streak would be odd
2: <laughs> but it's also like you know it's Jason takes Manhattan. So it's like, when we get to that, it's a little bit different than like, um, I don't know. There's a couple of films that I, I don't think we should talk about, but, uh, <laughs> but the, like you watch and you're like, Holy moly, man. Like how did, how did, how comfortable was this on set? You know, like, Oh boy. Um, but, but you know, by and large, I think the horror crowd has always been you know pretty inclusive and supportive and, and you know, on the, on, on the good side of I think history and, I'm sure there are people who are like no, that's not true, and I, yeah, horror conventions. I've definitely run into people. where I'm like, wow, you are, uh, you are a special person, <laughs> um, and you will probably go buy these movies that we think are trash. Um, but yeah. but that's the, everywhere, right? The website. Everywhere.
0: I, I met my wife when we both worked at. I found that website uh, years earlier because of the uh, just choice uh, takedown that they re- wrote of uh, P2. Yeah, the underground parking lot torture film. And I was just like. Yeah, I want to I want to work with these people. I I like how much they hate this. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, I I would say that my experience with with horror, like I mean more with horror movies than the horror community because I've never taken part. I haven't taken part in that many events that are about the community, but there's a lot in horror that can feel very unwelcoming to women and I don't know the the breakdown of like your audience. But I noticed last year there were just so many women in attendance and yeah. sitting through the weekend of the festival. What what you're saying is exactly what I felt like. There was nothing on screen that felt like really exploitative or off-putting in that way that can just make women feel like this wasn't meant for me and I'm not supposed to be here. There was absolutely none of that. And so if you're not like seeking out female filmmakers, you are still clearly creating an environment where, uh, where they feel welcome to submit. And that's not always the case with with like any film festival, really. So that was really cool I feel to like see. there was a
0: film last year at the fest that uh, some guy in the front row started like catcalling at a at a woman on screen and everyone just sort of glared at him and then he stopped. Like you could feel it in a dark room. <laughs> I don't remember room. that,
1: but that sounds right. <laughs> I feel like we
0: joked about it after the screen. I was like, do you remember when that guy <laughs> tried to be like what you'd expect and then it didn't go anywhere? Like, yeah, that was nobody who like,
2: helped him. No. <laughs> you know, like... Uh, the filmmaker side of me always thinks like uh, <clears throat> horror films have always had, you know, been progressive in the sense that they've written strong female characters from kind of the beginning of, you know, all, all horror. You know, you look at like Psycho and, and like they're like defined, well written characters with different intentions and they're strong roles. And uh, you know, of course, that goes into like the Final Girl, and then you know, like there's no Final Guy. There's just like this Final Girl, and and you know, there's still like, for sure was. And most of it was probably, you know, started out on like a, you know, a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like we remember that movie being really violent and maybe there was a lot of nudity in that movie. But then you watch it again, you're like, no, none of that is true. It's just like uh, it's just an off-putting feeling grimy film that makes you feel like that stuff's in there. And it's really not. And, and then when you get to the 80s is when, you know, there's a boatload of nudity for no reason. But a lot of that was like curated by the, you know, the studios doing that. Like same with the gross out comedies. The same producers were doing those you know, like Porky's and, and Revenge of the Nerds and stuff that had like a lot of, you know, jokes that wouldn't fly today. Um, but they were still like, even with that content in there, they were still pushing like a strong, like, female character and they never really veered off that path. And, and I think, you know, even with like George Romero and Night Living Dead, like, he never, like, intended to cast an african-american as his lead character he wanted to cast the best role and he cast an actor that happened to be black is what he he always said and and it's like well that changed history and he didn't mean to and he's like well i didn't even mean to and that you know put a huge level of significance in that film that he accidentally stumbled upon and you know but but the horror industry has always kind of been at least i think on on the strong films on, on the on the intentions has always been to you know kind of push things forward and and really like cultivate and, fu- and now we're really getting a, a lot of strong female filmmakers coming out and making and writing and and you know starring in films more more so than ever, which is I think really exciting because we get fresh voices and we get unique takes. You know, like, we, like in particular, we, you know, Tim and I always say like, and in, in, in filmmaker circles, you know, everyone talks about you know, rape is like the worst thing you could put in a movie because it's such a cheap thing to so do. So lazy, it's, it's the, the time, laziest yeah. thing you can do, <laughs> um, and that's like you know been abandoned really like by and large from the horror industry for quite a while you know you see it more in like dramas and stuff but certainly you can tell the 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 size of the brow of the film but when they if they go that route and and i've seen movies go that route and it worked it worked fine when well, um, we watched
0: revenge last year and, and yeah like, i
2: pulled it up i was like i know that this starts <laughs> with rape but everyone
0: says it's good and like 20 minutes in we were both like
1: they okay. made a good rape okay. revenge <laughs> movie that's hard to do right.
2: yeah <laughs> It, it, I mean, it, it is really hard to do. And, and it's a female written and directed film. And, yeah. and I think you can tell, like, it,
1: well,
0: in the it, first just never 15 f- minutes of it were framed entirely on a woman's ass. And I was yeah. just kept yeah. looking at my wife, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't know if this is going to pan out. Well, that's,
1: I mean, horror movies. I've always said, like, the that connection between horror movies and rom coms is that, like, putting a woman in the lead role doesn't necessarily make it feminist, even though a lot of people. Say that's the case, right. but so many, so many horror movies, like with especially slashers, are like rooted in tropes of you know exploitation and and so to see this progression of still having so many female-led horror films that have sort of let the tropes go or lean into them for effect, like Revenge did. Mm. And it's not like it's not like men can't make a great movie with a female lead, but I do th- I I've seen that that movement has really gained a lot of ground when there are more female filmmakers making those movies they're leading the way. And it's, it's just been great to see. And it's great to see at your festival that you're embracing that.
0: We've taken up enough of your day Mm -hmm. uh, a few (laughs) days before time. Uh, Where can people get tickets?
1: Uh, Are there still tickets available? uh, Mm -hmm.
2: Yes. So, so we added two more theaters. So we we were able to open a lot more tickets and give a lot more things, multiple runs. So that was always kind of, the thing that was holding us back is that the fest only had two screens, and we're trying to cram, you know, 20 plus events and movies in that time frame. It was a nightmare. Um, and, you know, we started for a weekend, and then now we're, we're a full week. And then now we have four theaters, so we can open that up and give more slots of things. So, um, not saying things won't sell out, I'm sure they will sell out, but um, uh, panicfilmfest.com is, has the whole lineup, and you can make your selections there. But, uh, you know, I, we always recommend buying in advance. We've sold the most, I think, full week passes this year, which is cool, um, and I think people will actually come for the full week because you could see all I think twenty three films and events, and and, uh, and I think people should. This year's got a lot of very diverse films, and, and for people don't who don't like horror, a lot of those movies I think are so good because they aren't schlocky and there's not cheap jump scares. There the horror in them is there's a lot more psychological things going on this year than anything else. I think that's our biggest like theme is as is the psychological horror and thriller aspect of everything. So there are a lot of titles. I mean, I almost say most things people can see that aren't, you know, the typical horror film. They're either, you know, sci-fi horror or psychological horror or comedy. There's like three or four movies that are just straight up like sci-fi comedy or horror comedy. So a little little bit of something for everybody, but panicfilmfest.com has everything and all the details and how to plan your weekend.
0: I will say my favorite part of the weekend is uh, Sunday morning because there is a church that operates out of this theater. And last year, as we were all waiting to go into like a really fucked up horror movie, it was just a bunch of people holding Bibles coming out. And I was like, this is so weird. What is happening? Why are we sharing an event space? Uh,
1: Why can't we share? Why can't we? They're just
2: burning sage right before for us (laughs) and praying for us. I uh, I can't remember what that was, but I know I intentionally programmed like to like more intense films after after church. Like why not kick off the Lord's Day with with the most brutal films? We Whatever could have. the I reverse think that's, of Sage is, I actually think that's how it is this year too. Like the shorts block is always one of them, and I, I can't remember what was next to it. Uh, but I know this year I no this year they're all fun. I think in the, in the morning uh, because the the ones that are brutal are like kind of brutal. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But there's something for everybody.
0: Uh, so we end the show by letting everybody uh, give a pop culture recommendation, something that uh, you've seen, watched, listened to recently that's meant something to you or something that you've always liked and people should check out. Uh, and uh, tell us where people can find you. Uh, I'll go first. I'm Brock Wilbur at Brock Wilbur on all the things. Please check out my other podcasts and stuff. Uh, I'd like to recommend that you uh, check out the Murder by Death album, The Other Shore. Uh, it's really grown up and cool and has one of the darkest songs about the apocalypse I've ever heard and lots of cool cello music. Viv, where can people find you?
1: Uh, you can find me at Viv underscore Kane on Twitter sometimes and at themarysue.com every day. Somehow I literally always forget we're going to do this. Every I, I hate when I time. see your face My doing My eyes it. just go so wide. Um, so I, I'm i sure I've talked about this before when I binge watched it one week when I had the flu, but Schitt's Creek is back this week, or last week, if you're in Canada, I think. Um, Thank you for, you all for of caring our about our
0: international audience. I know we have
1: big fans in Canada. Um, yeah, that's back, I think, on Wednesday, but I'm not positive. Anyway, you, uh, if you haven't watched it, watch it, because it's brilliant. I think it's all on Netflix. Uh, just one of the funniest comedies I of the last, I don't know, ever, I think. Uh, and yeah, it comes back for its something season this week i'm very prepared for this
0: <laughs> i love you so much and i love making a podcast with you adam where can people find you
2: um you can find me i i, I have twitter but i don't really use it it's uh, at waste of mind uh and then uh i'm more active on like instagram maybe at waste of mind films um and uh, I've been – I'm about ready to finish. I, I have, like, 45 minutes left of the Beastie book, the Beastie Boys book, and it is the best fucking audiobook I've ever listened to. It's read by, like, a whole collective of people, like anybody from Barbara Streisand to Chuck D to – What? Mean, I mean, it's an insane, insane lineup of people, like – Will Ferrell's in it. John C. Riley reads. I think there's like forty pe- people that read throughout the book. Uh, it is hilarious. It, even if even if you're not a BC Boys fan, just listening to them and how like they came up and in like the hardcore scene in New York and how they formed the band, the band and where it kind of went and all this crazy shit. Uh, their stories are hilarious and more hilarious probably because the people they have reading it. Uh, but it's an, an epic. and It's like thirteen hours long or something. But it's the most fun audiobook I've ever listened to, uh, and I can't get enough of it. And my second recommendation, which I'm gonna give you two because they're both audiobooks, uh, is the Duplass Brothers book, Like Brothers. It's also like an eight-hour audiobook, and they read it together. And they wrote some chapters together, some chapters apart. But if you, you like to do Plas Brothers, like any of their films, or you just want to listen to two guys growing up and learning to make. Uh, creativity together and, and work as one brain, kind of. It's a very unique perspective, uh, but it's a, a, absolutely a fascinating and, and often hilarious book um, to either read, and, I, and I'm obsessed with both of those books. Like, How I, do we not know those it was a Brothers book? I
1: don't know. It's that, wild. That did remind me, though, I'm going to do a second one real quick, uh, because I haven't talked about Michelle Obama's memoir Becoming yet, which is amazing, but also highly recommend the audiobook, because she reads it and is just so fantastic at narrating her own life. So audiobooks all around. Yeah.
0: As somebody that owns Mark Duplass's mm-hmm. Austin's band his album Volcano, I'm excited. Like how do I not know that he has an audiobook?
1: <laughs>
2: and he reads it, him and Jay read it, and it's fantastic. God I mean, damn it. it is fantastic. <laughs> You'll I'll be surprised. I listened to it in a day and a half. And it's only like 8 hours or something, but I couldn't stop listening to it. It was so inspiring and so unique. I have so I, much I have I, to do. I have
1: those Audible credits. I'll get it for you, baby. Thank you, boo. <laughs> yeah. All
0: right. Uh, thank you to Terrence Wiggins for editing the podcast. Hey. He's at the Black Nerd on Twitter and places, uh, or uh, at Godspeed you Black Nerd on Instagram. Please hire him to edit your stuff. Uh, this has been Missouri Loves Company. Please rate, review, tell your friends about it, and we'll be seeing a lot more of you soon.
1: See you at Panic Fest if you're in the area. Bye. Bye.